the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And in addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And uh, because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observation, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. However, I also practice the related fields in my overall financial practice, that is to say, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, using these areas of law as my reference point, that is to say how money and the lack of money uh, relate to personal, familial, community, and small business finance, I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And as I've shared with you before, because I grew up as a military brat and also helped create another one with my former military spouse, I know firsthand how hard it can be sometimes financially for our citizens, soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital based economic system. This is especially the case after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And I know you guys know by now how much I love my grands, both sides of the family. They both helped raise me. And what I really respect and admire about these women was back in the last century, it wasn't so much fun to be a black or a brown or a Native American woman in America because they all have to face what I consider to be the four great trials and tribulations of people, especially women and women of color in the last century. And that was to say the Great Depression, 
World War II and its privations and the systemic uh, racism and misogyny that continue through our society today. And it's out of my great respect for these women who helped raise me and love me and share with me the stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South. It is out of my great love and respect for these women that, you know, when the time is right and I sometimes I'm able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the targets of and unfortunately more and more the victims of some of those most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that you could ever imagine that's running rampant in our society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law as it relates to your money and more and more probably these days because of high inflation, the lack thereof, and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your and your or your families and or your businesses, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational form for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you at least a general outline of some of the key issues that you need to know that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your assets and or your debt. So for the last few weeks, I've been sharing with you all my trauma um, that I have categorized or titled as my terrible, horrible, no good, very bad month of May. And then it continued into June. And now it's starting off in July. And why is it so bad? Well, you know, I've shared with you before, you know, in May, we found out from a leak that the Supreme Court was about to do away with the rights of women to control their bodily autonomy, women and girls. And in June, the court did release the Dobbs decision ending Roe and Casey. And then there was a wholesale murder of Black folk, senior folks in Buffalo um, by an advocate of red peeling um, and the great uh, who was against the great replacement theory or believed in it. I don't know what the hell it is, but that led to the killing of, you know, Blacks and other non-whites as sports. And then we've come to find out that we don't have any early warning system for parents who need to have access to formulas for the the babies that the Supreme Court thinks we have to have, whether we want them or not. Well, once they get here, we don't have anything to feed them and no early warning system to let us know when the supply is is dwindling down. Then, you know, COVID-19 is back as if it ever left. And he brought along a new friend called Monkeypox that's really making a big debut here in California. And for the last few weeks, we watched all kinds of mass murders right before our eyes, sometimes on television when people, um, you know, try to go to school and teach young children in Texas or they go to the doctor's office in Oklahoma. You don't know what to expect. And now we find out that 
we can't enjoy a 4th of July parade. And I don't know about you, but I spent most of my formative years in small towns in Mississippi and um, well, San Francisco is a, is a kind of a small town, but Fairbanks, Alaska is a very small town. And we always look forward to the 4th of July because there was going to be a parade. And sometimes we got to participate in the parade. And now, you know, we don't have that to look forward to anymore. So that's why I've been having, you know, my no good, very bad day that's lasted now for three months. However, this week, I'd like to focus on a couple of good things that have happened here in California over the spring and summer that you may not know about that may make ours a more inclusive society. Let's start with a new program that's aimed at and geared towards the education of the next generation of young people who also happen to be members of our various indigenous uh, people's tribes. And the name of the program is the University of California Native American Opportunity Plan. Now, the plan applies to indigenous students who reside in California and are also part of any uh, one of the federally recognized Native American tribes throughout the country. So it's not that the tribe needs to be in California. The human being needs to be in California and they need to be able to um, present evidence that they are members of an indigenous tribe. Now, the, the, the information about this program talks about um, uh, tribes that are in the United States and in Alaska. But I have done research and I believe that who also should be included in this program, and maybe they are, it's just not in the documents that I was able to look at, are people who are indigenous to the state of, of Hawaii. Uh, as I've shared with you on one of the shows we did earlier this year, um, the, the there was a separate and distinct uh, uh, group of indigenous human beings who resided in uh, Hawaii. And for a while, they actually had their own government. And because of exploitation, their government got dissolved. But I believe they might have standing to um, participate in this program as well. So if you are a member of uh, any one of these indigenous tribes and you would like to go to the UC um, system, uh, there are opportunities for you to um, have your education paid for in full. And so um, I'm going to talk about that a bit more. And then the other um, good news that I want to share with you all is that um, there has been a return of Bruce's Beach to the descendants of the Black American couple who bought the property back in 1912 and had the property taken away from them in 1924. As it, during the 20s, there was this widespread um, um, fits of people being angry at the success of uh, black people in America. And I guess the most prominent one we know about 
is the Tulsa, Oklahoma um, uh, situation where that whole community of Greenwood got basically burnt down to the ground. Well, there was other uh, instances in the early 20s, and one of them was um, a black couple bought a beach uh, down in Southern California near Manhattan Beach, and they used it as a resort for black folk from all around the country to come to a place because beaches were segregated then. And so um, because it was successful moneymaker, some of the community decided that they were not going to let these folks have this beach. And so they used eminent domain to take the property away from the couple. And the couple ended up living in poverty. And the government didn't really use the land. They just didn't want black folk using it or, or coming and visit. Well, on July the 1st, the property was returned to the descendants of the Bruce. So when we come back, we'll go into a little bit more detail about the University of California's Native American Opportunity Plan and the return of Bruce's Beach to its rightful owners. But first, we'll take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we discuss a couple of good things that have happened here in California over this spring and summer that you may not know anything about, and both of them tend to make ours a more inclusive society economically, which is very important to me and I believe should be important to you. Now, those two things include the University of California's Native American Opportunity Plan and the return of Bruce's Beach to its rightful owners that actually took place on July 1, 2021, earlier this week. And this uh, the, the Native American Opportunity Plan is going to take off in uh, the fall of uh, 2022. So that's, you know, just right around the corner, um, August or sep- uh, September, when um, school starts up again at the UC uh, uh, um uh, school system. You know, there's several universities, UC Berkeley, UCLA. Um, there's eight or nine university campuses throughout California, and all of the, them are taking part in this Native American Opportunity Plan. So let's start there. UC's Native American Opportunity Plan ensures that in-state, system-wide Tuition and student services fees are fully covered for California students who are also enrolled in federally recognized Native American, American Indian, and Alaska Native tribes. Okay, so the plan applies to both graduate students, uh, undergraduate, and also graduate students. So Law school students, MBA students, as well as undergraduate students. Keep that in mind. Now, what is covered if you are eligible for the Native American Opportunity Plan, your in-state system-wide tuition and student services fees will be fully covered by either the UC financial aid or another federal program or a state or other financial aid programs. Now, students with the greatest financial needs can also qualify for more grant support to help them with their other educational expenses, such as their books, their housing, and their transportation needs. Now, 
and um, I'm reading from the UC um, information sheet. So if you, they're saying that you don't need to fill out a separate application to qualify for this program. If you qualify based on your enrollment information, they will reach out to you. But like I said, if you're a Hawaiian native, I think you might need to reach out to them and have them explain to you why you don't also qualify for this program. Because again, the nexus isn't that your tribe is in California. The nexus is that you are in California. You are a resident of California, either permanently or temporarily. And your tribe can be anywhere in the country. And that's why I, this is Selwyn speaking, adding in Hawaiian natives, because that I, I believe that's logically the case. Okay, so again, um, you must be here the eligibility requirements. You must be a current or newly admitted University of California undergraduate, graduate, or professional school student. You must be a California resident. And I don't know the length of time that you have to be in California off the top of my head to be a California resident, but you do have to be a California resident. You must be enrolled in a federally recognized Native American, American uh, Indian and or Alaska Native tribe. So I have relatives who are Alaska Native um, members of Alaska Native tribes. You must be enrolled in a qualified UC degree program, so no basket weaving. You must reach out. No, it says UC will reach out directly to new and continuing students who might be eligible with further instructions. And you're going to need certain documentation. You're going to need a certificate of your tribal enrollment on your tribal letterhead. You're going to need an enrollment membership card that contains your tribe's seal and official signature of your tribal leader. And you're going to need a certificate of degree of Indian blood. And if you're a member of a tribe, you know what that means. And you're going to need a tribal identification card with an enrollment number. And you have to submit um, your the contact information for the leadership of your tribe. Okay. So I know I'm just going to jump right to it. Why is this money being set up for these Native Americans? And isn't this discriminating against uh, people who aren't Native Americans? So let me read you a summation of the law. And this is one of the questions that's answered by the people over there at the University of California system. It says... UC, University of California, is bound by state law, specifically Proposition 209. And those of you who live in California know that I hated that proposition, but it passed and it made affirmative action basically against the law. So let me start over again. UC is bound by state law, specifically Proposition 209, which prohibits the University of California from providing financial aid to students based on race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin. UC can provide financial aid to students based on their membership in a federally recognized tribe because such membership is a 
is legally deemed to be a political classification rather than a racial classification. And that's due to the sovereign to sovereign relationship that the laws recognize between our federal government and federally recognized tribes. So deal with that. Okay. Um, What kind of support will be available to Native American students from non-federally recognized tribes? Uh, It says UC consulted with tribal leaders to develop the UC Native American Opportunity Plan. This consultation included discussions on how to benefit all Native American students, including those from non-federally recognized tribes, maybe Alaska, um, um, Hawaiian uh, Natives, Um, California Native American tribes and other external organizations may provide scholarships to Native American students who are not members of federally recognized tribes. The federal Indians of Grattan Rancheria recently announced a scholarship fund that will cover the UC tuition and mandatory fees for all eligible California Native American students. And so you need to get in touch with the UC system to find out about these programs if, again, your tribe has not been recognized by the federal government. Again, this is a sovereign-to-sovereign relationship here that's not part of Proposition 209, which is a state-mandated law. And this program does follow uh, Proposition 209. It's just not it's not hampered by it. Okay. So again, um, I, I, I already said what you need to have to prove that you're a member of a federally recognized tribe. And so it's going to cost um, the UC system about $2.4 million for the 2022-23 academic year, and it's going to be funded by a combination of existing and new university funding mechanisms. And so here's the other side of the question, you know, that I brought up. Is UC planning to provide tuition coverage for students of other underrepresented groups, such as African Americans or Latinos? And UC says that it will continue to provide robust financial aid for all its eligible students under the Blue and Gold Opportunity Plan, which ensures that undergraduate students have their system-wide tuition and fees covered if they are California residents whose total family income is less than $80,000 a year and demonstrate financial need. Additional financial aid may be available to students depending on their economic circumstances. The university is also committed to establishing a path for people to leave the university debt-free. So if you want more information, you need to get in touch with the financial aid office. But if you read, if you understood what I said, there are loans available across the board for anybody who makes less than $80,000, including black and brown people and also Caucasian students. So the other good news is about the return of Bruce's Beach to the descendants of the black family, the black couple who had their real estate taken away by the local government using eminent domain 100 years ago. 
Okay, and this is an article written by um, that was published in the New York Post. And it just basically says this week, the Los Angeles Board of Supervisors unanimously approved that the beachfront property known as Bruce's Beach will be transferred back to the descendants of its former owners, Willa and Charles Bruce. The Bruce had their little corner of the world taken away from them because of harassment by their neighbors who were white and the Ku Klux Klan. That didn't run them off, but the government did using eminent domain. So as part of the agreement to take the property back, it's going to be put in their name and the city's going to lease it for $413,000 a year plus maintenance costs to keep it up and going. And they reserve the right to buy the property for $20 million. That's great news. Okay, so we're going to leave it there for now, but always at closing here at Selma's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including laws working for and with lawmakers who work to vindicate the rights of our fellow citizens who were harmed by our government such that they no longer have to deal with that harm. But I want you guys to please take care. COVID's back again. Mask up. Keep your social distance. Wash your hands. Till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.